Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sparkcast Media episode number eight. I am your host, Austin Bradley, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brian Sparkman. Hey, how's it going? Well, I'm pretty tired. It's a late night edition. We usually record during the daytime, but we're here. This is a grind. Hey, did you catch that uh, Toy Story game? Nope. <laughs> good. It was a good decision. Did you sleep in? <laughs> yeah. I might try to wake up for the uh, London game this week, though. I'll probably be able to. Are they doing anything special with this one? Uh, hopefully another Toy Story one so I can catch that one this time. What would, what would be like a fun anime or a, a, like animation for you to like for you if they like did something like that again? Um, I don't know. I think uh, anime style would be funny, even though I don't like anime really. Mm-hmm. I just think it would be funny to see like Trevor Lawrence uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would be a Marvel. Like it'd be like a Marvel thing. Yeah, I mean that would be interesting. He, uh, Trevor Lawrence as Thor. <laughs> I was thinking like the the five minutes Hulk. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence has the long hair though. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. So he would be Thor. Then you got Josh Allen. He could be uh, Hawkeye. Sure, you go Hawkeye. Hawkeye's my favorite Avenger. Really? Yeah, he is, actually. Thor's mine. Yeah, you're basic. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty basic as is. <laughs> well, you know what's not basic? The NBA. It's always changing. Always evolving. Mm-hmm. Always being different. And... You know, we just talked about the Damian Lillard trade last week. And Drew Holiday was traded to the Trailblazers. But now, Drew Holiday has been traded to the Boston Celtics. And this is what the the trade involves. The Celtics get Drew Holiday. The Trailblazers get Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 Golden State first, and a 2029 Boston unprotected first. So, what are your thoughts on Drew Holiday now being part of the Celtics? I feel like that was like really good for the Celtics to acquire Drew Holiday. Like he's a two, like he's a really good two way guard, really good defensively. I say I, I say he's one of the uh, best def- defensive guards in the league. Uh, you have him, Smart. You know they just lost Smart, so they just picked up Drew Holiday, a little bit better offensively than Smart. Defensively, maybe they're about the same I would say honestly it's just because Drew Holiday is a little bit more size but Marcus, Marcus Smart has intensity and like he like he and he won a depoy so you can't count that out um but I feel like the Celtics kind of upgraded they were just losing Smart you know getting a Drew Holiday and you said they're look, looking forward or, or they're looking to get rid of Malcolm Brogdon right yeah the Blazers are looking to get rid of Malcolm Brogdon Malcolm Brogdon because they want to stick with their young guard so Scoot Anthony yeah. Simons. Yeah, the the Trailblazers are just wheeling and dealing at this rate, and like they're they're just getting draft picks, and that's gonna that, that's exactly what the Thunder were uh, were doing at one on uh, ah, at one point. Yeah, I mean, this is a sm- I think the smart way to do it is like you know you make trades, get other pieces that you can trade, and then continue to just trade and trade and mm-hmm. trade until you finally have a, a pretty decent team. Yep. 
And they're, they're doing a hell of a job right now doing it. I feel like you're, you're getting a lot of draft picks. Well, you and know. they're getting a lot of like young players with high upside. Like they got DeAndre Ayton from the Suns. Now they get Robert Williams from the Celtics. And I saw that they're looking to keep both of them yeah. and, and play them alongside of each other, which I don't know how well that's going to work out because neither one of them can really space the floor. I think Aiden is a little bit better yeah, spacing. Better, yeah, better chance with Aiden spacing the floor than Robert. But he hasn't done it consistently in, in Phoenix, at least. At least to, like, you know, that level prove, that yeah, you'd want. Prove himself, yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting, though, because you have Robert Williams, who he's a defensive-minded big man. And then you have DeAndre Aiden, who's more offensive-minded. Having them both out there I, could work out. I mean, do you think that that little, like, gimmick right there is just, like, a little, like, nuggets, like... With Aaron Gordon and Jokic, but the difference. Oh, never mind. I, it's not because Jokic can spread the floor out. Yeah, Jokic can spread the floor, and Eric Gordon or Aaron Gordon can score the basketball. You know, yeah. Robert Williams not really a, pr- a prolific scorer. I wouldn't even say DeAndre Ayton is. No, but he's not definitely. Like Aaron Gordon. He's definitely more offensive minded than Robert Williams is. Which that's a big loss for the Celtics, though. Yeah, it is. I think now you still have. Al Horford there, who, even though I wanted them to not play him as much, he is, like, one of the top defenders of guys. Like, when they need someone to go in there and try to stop Giannis, it's Al Horford. When they need someone to go in there and try to stop Joel Embiid, it's Al Horford. So, even though he's old, and we're definitely going to have to look at that in the future, probably within the next year or two, to replace Al Horford right now, I, I think it makes sense, especially to go out and get Drew Holiday and help win now, especially with the Bucks in the East now with, with Damian Lillard. And then, like, the Sixers are coming out saying, like, you know, you guys have forgotten about us. I mean, it's true. Harden, I think Harden just came back to uh, practice and stuff like that. So they have Harden back. They have Tyrese Maxey. They have Embiid. You know, they're they're getting better. You know, they're. I, I, feel, like the, I feel like you can't count out really the Sixers. They choke. But I mean, do you think they're gonna choke this year? I don't, I don't like. Yes. I, I don't know, man. And Embiid, I feel like Embiid's gonna have a really scary season. I mean, he just won MVP last year and still choked in the second round. People, he's young enough. He he bounce back. He's like twenty seven, dude. Yeah, he's primed. Prime for a second round exit. That's all I gotta say about that. And I I don't think even I didn't see anything about Harden Harden coming back. I'd be surprised if he's there all season, to be honest with you. I think they'd still trade him. I don't know. I don't. I, what? This is last year, right? On his contract? If I believe so. That, because I know he has one. Or, sure. I know he has one or two years left because I know he wanted out of Philly because he wanted to go to Houston. So I know I know he has like it's two it's two less years or it's two two or less I know it's that yeah so yeah I I don't know I think the Sixers are gonna be a scary team this season if they keep James Harden they'll be better than what I think they're going to be but I don't think they're gonna be able to keep James Harden even if they start the year with him and they start off slow or something or James Harden's not happy with the minutes he's getting because that's the thing with him being mad at the ownership. Any small thing's gonna be like, all right, I tried, it's over. Trade me. So that's I mean, I don't think they keep James Harden if at all. I don't think they keep him long into the year. 
But I have a an updated list of all the trade pieces in the Damian Lillard trade. Now that Drew Holiday goes from the Trailblazers to the Celtics. So the Bucks get Damian Lillard, obviously. The Celtics get Drew Holiday. The Suns, they still have the same. Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, a little Keon Johnson. And then the Blazers now have DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Tumami Kamara, Malcolm Brogdon, three 2024 first-round picks, two 2029 first-round picks, and then a 2028 and 2030 pick swaps with Milwaukee. So they got a lot of first-round picks, and Malcolm Brogdon's probably going to go for another first-round pick or even more if they package him with something else. So, yeah, Blazers are, like you said, wheeling and dealing, and they're doing a good job. Yeah, no, they... I, a couple years, like give them like five years if they uh, get Scoot's contract, you know. Yeah, five years is going to be a scary team. Maybe less than that, but I give it five years max. Well, they have, they've got to get rid of that Jeremy Grant contract. <laughs> that was such a bad contract. That's a dude. really expensive contract. Yeah, like I, I don't, at that time, I guess like, in their aspect because they I think they just went to the Western Conference Finals and stuff like that lost to the Warriors no they just gave them that contract this past offseason oh they did yeah oh shoot yeah no never mind they shouldn't have yeah they gave them a massive contract and they that was around the time when Damian Lillard was already asking out they like they tried to keep him so that Damian Lillard would stay but yeah they gotta get rid of that contract because that one that's just it's a bad contract, especially with how young the team is going to be. He's he's 29. He has a big contract. He's going to be going in well into his 30s. Got to trade him. I don't think any team wants that contract, though. Uh, I think if there's a team that's trying to win now, they would. Because he's a, he's a good player. Like if they need if they need like to be honest with you, I mean the Bucks. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. But the Bucks, because they already have Giannis, they already have Dame, they have Chris Middleton. They just need like a number four guy. I think like teams like that would be able to go for him and be interested. So right. how how do you think? Or what were you gonna say? I mean, I'm trying to think of a team that would like possibly could uh, acquire Jeremy Grant and like you know be you know an actual like trade you know like. The Suns, would you consider them? I don't think their money would allow for it. Clippers? I could see the Clippers trying to get them, especially now that they got Russ back and they feel confident with him, with Russ still being there. I could see it. But, again, I don't know how the salary cap would work out and who you'd have to give up to be able to get that done. Who would they who who would they take from the Clippers roster really? I mean, do they have Bones? Oh yeah, that'll be a good backup guard for Scoot. Yeah, Bones Island, uh, Zubac could take him, I guess. <coughs> the Clippers don't really have anybody. <laughs> no, they don't. Like I mean, they have obviously Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but like young players, I mean, yeah. Bones. <laughs> the bones and some first. Yeah, why not? For Jeremy Grant's big-ass contract, he'll be in the luxury tax, and he'll be paying a lot of money. 
I think it works out for both sides. <laughs> a lot of people were getting paid last year and this season. Yeah, I mean, Fred Van Vliet yeah. got a bag. Who almost got an absurdly Jan- big contract? J- Jalen Brunson got a bag. Yeah, but not, not really, though, because he got a front-loaded contract. So oh. and, and he's only making around like $19 million, I think. Oh, shoot. Still a bag, but not a bag. Yeah. Not a Fred Van Vliet special. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it makes sense for the Rockets to do it because they don't have any other anybody on their roster that ne- they need to pay. And you have to use like a certain amount of your salary cap every year, or else you just don't get it. I was trying. I was trying to see who who else got the bag because I thought I had it in my notes. But it's whatever. Yeah. How do you think the uh, not just the Damian Lillard trade to the Bucks because we t- we kind of talked about it last week, but now the Drew Holiday trade to the Celtics. How do you think that affects the East now? Because we both agreed that we still thought the Celtics were the best, and then they just got better. The only the only real thing right now that I see that the Celtics need is like a backup big man. I think that it affects the East a lot, especially because they got Drew Holiday, like like what I said, one of the best two way guards in the league. Um, I mean, playing alongside with Jalen Brown now, Jason Tatum. You know, he talked about Al, Al Horford, defensive-minded uh, big now. You know, uh, Porzingis, they's added him. I feel like that roster right there is kind of, you know, the starting five is complete right there. It's, it's honestly scary. I I take them over the Bucks. Yeah, I I mean, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan, so obviously I take them over the Bucks. And you might have to tell me if you think this is biased, but I think that I take the Celtics over every team in the East and almost every team in the West, except for maybe the Nuggets and the Lakers. I'd still take them over the Lakers and the Suns. Yeah. Hmm. I I disagree with the Suns, Lakers, and I agree with the Nuggets. You really think the Suns are going to be that good this year? Yeah. And maybe the Warriors too. I don't think the Suns are gonna they're gonna be a disappointing team. They're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna probably win in the first round. But that second round, I'm seeing them get bounced. That's a bold prediction or or no? That's bold. You really think so? Yeah. Alright. Put money on it because I said it and I'm always correct. Except for when I'm not, but I don't remember those times. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's pretty bold. I think that they go to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, if they get bounced in the second round, they get bounced by Lake by the Lakers or the Nuggets. What if? No. What if? Okay. The Warriors bounce them. I can see that too. Okay. What about the Grizzlies? Mm. You were just talking the Grizzlies up last week. I was. But that's tough, though, because you have to think about matchups and stuff. I don't believe Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson can guard KD. Jaron Jackson can guard him as best as anybody can in the league. I disagree. You're just, you're underselling Jaron Jackson Jr. then, because he is that good of a defender. 
No, I'm not saying he's not. No, okay. No one can guard KD, just like no one can guard Giannis. But Jaron Jackson Jr. can slow him down. He can do as best as anybody in the league. I feel like he's too slow. He'd be too slow. Yeah, but KD's coming off all those injuries now. It's not old KD, prime KD. It's old KD. But he still has bag. Like, he still has, like, like, you know, moves and stuff. Oh, I'm not saying he doesn't. Like, it's still KD. He's still top three player in the world right now. But he's not, he doesn't have that quick step as he used to. Jaron Jackson Jr. could guard him. And John Morant, he's got either Bradley Beal or Devin Booker. And I think Desmond Bain can get whichever one they think is going to be less impactful. I don't see it. Hey, when they get bounced by the Grizzlies in the second round, just remember this. Episode 8. All right? Write it down. Episode 8. I'll write it down in my head. Okay. Any final thoughts on what's going on in the NBA? You have anything you'd like to add that we did not talk about yet here today? Mm, no. I mean, media day. Yeah, that media just happened. day. And Jimmy Butler. Obviously, you were talking about him. All right. We are back. Had to go take care of my cat. She was meowing. Now she's not in here anymore. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> I didn't hurt her or nothing. She just likes to go outside. Um, Yeah, Jimmy Butler, though. His hair. Amazing. Big, big fan of it? Yes. Amazing. You going to have your hair like that? No. Why? Because I, I can't pull it off like Jimmy. I think you could pull it off. No, I wouldn't want to try either. I think you could pull it off just like your hero, Jimmy Butler. I can, I can see you pulling it off. I think you're pulling it off right now a little bit. <laughs> That's disrespectful. <laughs> go. You should go a little longer. Cover your eyes. No. I'm you ever thought about getting piercings? No. You should get like a lip piercing, nose piercing. I would never get a lip piercing. You look zesty, my boy. I would never get a lip piercing. <laughs> Maybe a nose piercing. Dude, you already have a nose piercing. Yes, sir. You should you should pull off the emo look like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I should get like a lip piercing. Get like a bullfrog piercing in my nose. That's why I call that's why I call them bullfrogs. Because <laughs> it kind of looks like a frog. <laughs> what are they actually called? I have septum, septum. Oh, septum. Yeah. Yeah, you would get one of those, wouldn't you? Uzi has one. Yeah, you would get one of those, wouldn't you? I'll consider it. Well, I won't consider anything like that, and I don't consider the Miami Heat to be a threat in the East anymore. We were last year. Yeah, I said anymore. My guy, you have the Lions going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's in the NFL. And when they're there, you're gonna you're gonna be looking back on my very early overreaction predictions. But. Honestly, with NBA, I mean, there's nothing really to talk about right now. I mean, I know there's a lot of trades, but for me, it's kind of wrapped up. All right. Well, you know what else is wrapped up? What? Week four of the NFL. Oh, thank God. It's wrapped up. (laughs) And the games that we had, we had Thursday Night Football. The Lions, the team that's going to the Super Bowl this year, based off of my overreactions of week one. Beating the Packers 34-20. Then 
the Toy Story game. Jaguars beat the Falcons 23-7. to Then the Rams beat the Colts in overtime, but the Colts didn't even get a chance to score in overtime. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The Ravens beat the Browns 28-3. Falcons fans are shaking. The Vikings beat the Panthers 21-13. Titans 27-3 over the Bengals. Ooh. Buccaneers 26-9 over the Saints in a banged-up Derek Carr. The Buffalo Bills did the impossible, and they beat the Miami Dolphins 48-20. The Broncos comeback win over the the Bears 31-28. Commanders-Eagles in overtime. Eagles win it 34-31. Texans destroy the Steelers 36 Chargers 24-17 against the Raiders. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. with the late game interception. Didn't take it back to the crib because Brandon Staley's a bad head coach. 49ers beat the Cardinals 35-16. It was a lot closer than that score. Cardinals are a sneaky team, but the 49ers are just a little bit better than them. Cowboys. A little bit. All right, I didn't mean to say, you know, anything disparaging about your favorite team. Okay, we'll get to that later on. The Cowboys are back. 38-3 38-3 over the Patriots. Yeah, they're back in the win column, baby. Wonder what's going to happen on Sunday night against the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are going to win because oh, we own hey, the Cowboys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Predictions aren't until later, buddy. We own the Cowboys. Oh, no, hey, predictions aren't until later. Already know, you, already hey. know, you already know who I predicted. Listen. I think everyone I think everyone who actually listens knows who I predicted because they know I'm a 49ers fan. Predictions aren't until later. Okay, save them. I'm not saving that one. That's a, that. That's me every week. 49ers win every week. Chiefs beat the Jets 23-20. to And then on Monday, the Manning cast was back, and the Seattle Seahawks destroyed the Giants 24-3. to So what are some of your big takeaways from week four of the NFL? Mac Jones getting benched. I think it happened third, fourth quarter. Um... Is he the Patriots' future? Well, he's a starter for the rest of the year. But is he the future coming, like, future, like, next year, two years from now? No. Mac Jones isn't that good. He's not going to be... He's like... Um, <laughs> he's like a Brock Purdy type of guy. No. And, I, and I'm... <laughs> no. No way. There's absolutely no way you just said that. Because I think if Mac Jones has all the pieces around him and all the tools, he can win games. You can win games with Mac Jones. But with what we're seeing with the Patriots right now, they don't have the pieces around him. So Mac Jones isn't going to be the guy. So, yeah. He's not going to be the future because the Patriots aren't a good team. But... He'll probably be a, a long, tenured backup in the NFL for his career. Why do you always take shots at Brock Purdy, bro? Because he's not that good. It's also fun. Dude, he's a winning quarterback. Look, we don't have to go over this every single week. <laughs> oh, my okay? gosh. You know exactly why he's winning, and we can just leave it at that. Do you have anything else you want to say from week four? I mean, you said it. Uh, Chiefs took down the Jets. Zach Wilson wasn't at fault this week. Zach Wilson played very well. And I'll tell you what. 
during that game, Zach Wilson wasn't doing the normal Zach Wilson things. He was getting the ball out quickly. He was getting the ball to a place where only his guy could catch it. A lot of back shoulder throws. And they kept talking about it, you know, on the on the broadcast. But when you watch it, it's true. He put it in positions where only his guy can make the catch and nobody else can make the catch. So, shout out to Zach Wilson. He did have the fumble at the end of the game that, you know, ended up sealing it for the Chiefs to win. But Zach Wilson, I think this is something, if he continues to build on this, I think Jets fans are going to start feeling just a tiny bit better about their future. And, I mean... Zach Wilson has all the tools, and I do hope he succeeds and he becomes, you know, very good. And uh, uh, and also, uh, Zach Wilson, I mean, second pick in uh, 2017 drafts? Oh, it wasn't that long ago. 2020? I think 2020, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he still has high potential, still young, you know. I mean, he. I, it's unfortunate because I kind of wanted to see him sit underneath Aaron Rodgers for a year. In a that year would, or two, that would have been ideal. Yeah, and it, it sucks, but you know, Aaron Rodgers now, like he's on the sideline. You know, he, he probably comes to practice and he's like, "It's like, hey, like do this, do that." And it's, it's probably best, honestly, thinking about it now for Zach Wilson to be actually playing, and you know, having one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, generational quarterbacks, you know, teaching him along the way through the seasons, like. Hey, you know this. This is your progressions, you know, and stuff like that. I feel like that. This is honestly the best case scenario for him. You know, we see what Zach Wilson did the past two years. Obviously, not good. Mm-mm. But we also got to remember they had a new offense this year, the Nathaniel Hackett offense that that you know he ran in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and obviously with Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets, he was running there. So Zach Wilson didn't know it. In the first three weeks, I mean, week one, he just gets thrown in there. I think he doesn't play bad, but he's not good. He's just, he does decent for, you know, replacing a quarterback. Week two, they had the Cowboys. I mean, not much you could do there. And then week three, he didn't play well. But now week four, against a a tough defense, Chiefs defense is very good. He... Has starting he started to play well. He's starting to get the hang of it. I think with Zach Wilson, we all just like kind of remembered the past two years. We and we forgot that he's running a new offense, something he's not used to. So he wasn't in his comfort zone. But if he's going to continue to just keep building on this performance, getting better and better, and making those those throws like the back shoulder ones, where only his guy can get it, and no like not putting the ball in danger, the Jets could still make the playoffs this year. I mean, I feel like any team right now is there's like besides possibly the Bears. The yeah, Bears aren't making playoffs. They're not. But I feel like I feel like it's open for really any NFL team right now. It's young. The season's still young. Like like the Bengals, you can't really rule them out. I mean, they can flip. What if they flip the switch and their offense just becomes like just out of the world? You know, the highly chances of that with Joe Burrow's calf and everything is unlikely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're not. I think this is going to be a wash year for the Bengals because they continue to let Joe Burrow play with an injury. He's not playing to how he should be playing because he's obviously not wanting to get hit as much as, I mean, you never want to get hit. But now he's like, I feel like he's more paranoid about it, especially with the calf injury. 
And one or two things are going to happen. They're going to just keep playing Joe Burrow, and they're going to keep having these really bad performances because he's trying to, you know, conserve himself from the offensive line not doing anything. Or Joe Burrow is unfortunately going to get injured, and they're going to have to go with another quarterback. When they could have just said, hey, Joe, sit out a couple weeks and then come back when you're healthy. Yep. And then let's go for it. Yeah. But now I think they're in an even worse position than they would have been if they just did that. Yeah, because, I mean... That, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, like, hell, like, they could have, like, just won, like... Because I think they're one and, f- one and four, right? One and three, yeah. One and three. My bad. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they, they would have been still sitting at the same record, maybe, possibly. Maybe one game lower or higher. And, you know, you have Burrow coming back fully healthy. And he's and then now like they're playing him throughout this injury, and he's not gonna be, be healthy until later, if at all. If he you know because if he just keeps playing, maybe it just never heals until the off season. Yep. So that is that's I'm, on the Bengals right there. I mean, spe- like speaking of the uh, speaking of the Bengals, we're gonna talk about offenses. Like start bench cut. Bengals, Steelers, Giants. Their offenses from this year? Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. The Bengals have had real, real bad games. Yep. Real, very bad games. The Steelers, they haven't had a good game. The Giants against the Cardinals, they did pretty good. They didn't do terribly against the Niners for, you know, how good that defense is. And then, of course, we just saw the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. 11 sacks. So, I mean, it's really kind of a ranking. Not really a start bench cut, per se. Even though, you know, that's like kind of what everyone says. So, I would... Out of what... I've seen so far this year. I would have the Giants still number one out of these three, and then the Bengals and the Steelers. Mine was is is a little bit different. Mine is the Giants starting because they had a better game than you know the Bengals and Steelers, and then my bench is the Steelers and my cut was the Bengals offense mm. have you seen how bad the Steelers are yes I have but I also seen them like you have spurts on a good like good spurts on offense I wouldn't call them good spurts but they've had some things happen on offense I don't know I just think the, the Bengals overall have played better offensively than the Steelers even though both suck But also, maybe I'm just thinking Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, all those guys. But I still I still think their offense is better than the Steelers. And, I mean, I don't know, dude. The Bengals, I don't know what happened to them this year. You think Burrow's injury is a big factor? Oh, I think Burrow's injury is a big factor. And I also think that them not doing anything about the offensive line... 
is a big factor as well. I, yeah, oh, big factor right there like, was the offensive line. Let especially. me tell you something. As a Colts fan, if you do not fix that offensive line for your franchise quarterback, your franchise quarterback's going to retire early. Because Andrew Luck just kept getting hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. And eventually he said, you know what? I like football, but I also got a family and I got other things that I care about more than getting hurt all the time. And he retired. And then we got, you know, new head coach, new GM, fixed offensive lineup. Even though they looked rough last year, they're looking good this year. You know, we got good pieces all along there. And now... We've only allowed one sack all year through four games on Anthony Richardson. Now, Richardson helps with that a little bit. But we also had Gardner Minshew playing a full game, you know, against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So, something to be conscious of if you're the Bengals. Honestly, I think if the Bengals are bad this year, they got to trade T. Higgins. Got to trade T. Higgins. Yeah. You, you can't pay two wide receivers number one wide receiver money. Yeah, no, like I, I fully, I full fledge agree, and I'm surprised that they have, they didn't do good while having T. Higgins. Now is, is or wait, is he? He's out for the season, right? No, he's not out for the season. No, he's okay. just he was he was hurt, and then he tried to play the game against Tennessee, and then left the game early because he had like tightness. Yes, and then we'll get into it more later, but he ended up having fractured rib. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. But yeah, I I I I fully agree. I mean, I'd rather pay Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Well, you also have that connection with him and and Burrow already. Yeah. But you trade T Higgins to a team like Carolina, who needs a one number one wide receiver, and you try to get like you know Ekio Kwanu at tackle or something along with. I think they have a good guard. Well, yeah, but Iquano's a young tackle who he's good too. Like they need, they need tackles, they need guard, they need center. I, they they take what they can get, and I'd say a young player is better than you know. Yeah, that's true. Like obviously, you can if the, if you're the Bengals and there's like an offensive lineman in free agency that's older, you can afford to pay him because you're the Bengals and you have Joe Burrow. But you also have to think about the future of the team. You just paid Joe Burrow big money. Uh, you're going to pay Jamar Chase big money. If they haven't already. I can't, I can't remember if they played him already. I don't think they paid him yet. So you're going to pay Jamar Chase big money. And he's going to be competing with Justin Jefferson for number one wide, like, wide receiver money in the NFL. So, you know... <coughs> You definitely could go out and get some offensive linemen, but it's already too late. We're already four weeks in. The offensive linemen that aren't on the team, probably not conditioned right now to come in and start. So, yeah, I mean, you suck this year. Trade T. Higgins. Get a young offensive lineman. Go to the draft. Offensive line focus. The offensive line in this year's draft is is stacked. It's deep. It's a very good class for offensive linemen. So I think the Bengals could turn it around next year if they don't figure out a way to turn it around this year. So, yeah. It's got to get better. All right. My next one I have, um, we have two comebacks this week. Yep. We have the Broncos coming back 
against the Bears, 28-7. The Bears taking a complete dump in the second half. Um, Will the Bears have a successful season with Justin Fields? I mean, he played lights out in the first half. We've seen it. No, they they won't. And it's not Justin Fields' fault, necessarily. It's, uh, it's that coaching staff's fault. The coaching staff is not good. They need a complete reset. And this year is going to be bad for the Bears. And if they're in position, which they currently are, to get Caleb Williams, they're going to have a new coaching staff. They're going to trade Justin Fields to Falcons. Falcons could use him. And they're going to be like, you know what? We're starting fresh. New coaching staff. New quarterback. Probably new GM as well. Mm-hmm. And then you still have DJ Moore. Monster. They're not going to have Chase Claypool for long. They're probably going to trade him here soon. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I think, is really good. There's, Deep- also, there's also talks of them getting like top like top picks and like I saw like something possibility of them getting Marvin Harrison they're currently projected because they have the Panthers pick this year as well they're currently projected to have number one and number two pick so they could go Caleb Williams Marvin Harrison Jr. one and two but I I would say you go Caleb Williams number one and then probably offensive tackle Olufushanu number two just because those are the two most important positions on a team on the offensive side, pass protector and the passer. Mm-hmm. They already have DJ Moore. They they could use. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a freak. They could use him, but the wide receiver is deep. This class is deep, so I don't think you you go there. You get your cute, your quarterback of the future and your offensive tackle of the future if you're in that position. But I think, like you said, Justin Fields, very good first half, very good game overall, actually. Like, he didn't really play bad. I mean, down the stretch, looked a little rough. But, like, in that fourth and in the fourth quarter in overtime, he looked kind of bad. Like, I can't really blame that fumble really on him. He was trying to get the ball out, and, you know, it happens, you know, fumble. But in that overtime, the Broncos got three, and then I think like a couple plays and in, into the drive, Justin Fields threw a pick. The the tight end the tight end wasn't looking at the time or whatever, but it was like I don't it, when you watch it, it's like you can't really blame the tight end because like he wasn't really looking like like looking at the quarterback or anything like that. Justin Fields just threw a ball to the defense basically. Uh, they didn't go to overtime. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. The Broncos and the, Bron- the Broncos came back within uh, the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they didn't go to overtime. Oh, my bad. Denver scored seventeen in the fourth quarter. Oh, I'll talk about your team. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, in overtime. I was, but I was talking about in the fourth quarter what happened in the fourth quarter. That's what I meant. Yeah, I know what you meant. I was just making that correction. Uh, no, I mean I don't think Justin Fields played bad at all. He did have the one interception that you said, but 28 of 35 for 335 yards passing, four touchdowns. He also had 25 yards rushing. Like, he made good decisions. He played well. He did have the pick, you know, 
that at the end, which obviously is unfortunate, but it's like the same thing with Zach Wilson. It's like, how much are you going to blame Zach Wilson for that loss it's like, for the Jets? But even like he had the final play, the fumble that the, lost him the game. The the pat, but like the past two possessions, the Chicago had fumble, pick. I mean, both both through Justin Fields. Yeah, but then also you have the play where the center snapped the ball early. And the, the tackle was in block, so un, unblocked off the edge, both sides. Yeah. Justin Fields still gets the ball off to DJ Moore for a first. Pretty sure it was a first. So, like, he had as, like he had bad plays and he had really good plays. Mm-hmm. So how much really are you going to blame him for that loss? You know, the defense is the one that allowed the 31 points. At, yeah. At 17 of them in the fourth. You don't pay, you know, big money on the defense to get, like, they they signed Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously, he's a he's a linebacker. He's not the only guy playing out there. But you don't pay the money, but to to the defense to let them they, give up. They that didn't much score. Points. I don't I don't think they scored in the second half. Do they? Unless they scored in the third quarter. Um, they scored in the third quarter. Yeah, but besides that, I mean, they need they needed to punch that ball in one more time, and they had opportunities. I think also, I mean, you said earlier with the coaching, the coaching's terrible because I think they're at one rate. It was on fourth down, and they could have kicked the field goal. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, they could have kicked the field goal because right before Bron- the Broncos got a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, they could have kicked the field goal. And they didn't. Because they and went And they for lost it. by a field goal. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, I don't blame Justin Fields for that loss. Now... He's probably not going to be a Chicago Bear next year. He's going to no. be traded. They're going to have a new quarterback in there. Unless, unless they turn it on and they end up winning five, six, seven games, which is unlikely, but it could happen, then they're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And I I don't know. I, I like Justin Fields, but it just sucks what happened this year. That's what ha- what's happening. I like Justin Fields. I think he's going to be successful in his next place as long as it's a a place with a competent, you know, coaching staff and decent weapons around him. Because Justin Fields is a weapon himself too. He like he had over a thousand yards rushing last year. He has the ability to you know make plays happen when nothing's happening. That's why I think Atlanta would be the best place for him. Because they're they're not doing the greatest with Desmond Ritter. They started off hot, but they got B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson and Justin Fields in the same backfield. Are you kidding me? That'd be nasty. It would be damn near unstoppable. Plus, you got Drake London at wide receiver. You got Kyle Pitts at tight end. Like. That team is just going to be... And their offensive line is not bad. Their offensive line is good. And their defense, pretty good. Yeah. So, I think if... I mean, hell, if I'm the Falcons, I'm trying to do it this year. I'm trying to call up Chicago. Hey, you guys suck. We suck too, but we're we're better than you are. How about we give you Desmond Ritter? And you give us (laughs) Justin Fields. And we'll also throw in XX and, and you know, another pick. Yeah. So... I, if I'm the Falcons, I'm trying to do that this year. I'm not going to lie. 
And another game that was a comeback was the Colts and the Rams. Yep, Colts and Rams. Uh, it was almost a comeback, I should say. Almost. It No, listen. It, it still was, looked oppressive. It was a comeback. They came back and they tied the game up. And then going to overtime, Rams get the ball first. Rams score a touchdown. Game over. Yeah, they f- it fell short from a comeback. A comeback is like a win. Like You have to win order to call it a comeback. We're going to leave it at that because we have more to talk about later on with that. But they came all the way back. I mean, you have more to talk about. They came all the way back, <laughs> down 23-0, to halfway through the third quarter, and they said, boom, 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 boom. Anthony Richardson said, boom, 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 23-23. Overtime, Rams get the ball first, score a touchdown, game over. And let's continue on because we'll be revisiting this. <laughs> Uh, that's that's all I have. I mean, I I, w- I would love to talk about the game. I mean, no, like I'm not tra- trying to shit on your team or anything. If you think I am, I don't trust you. I'm not trying to shit on your team. I, I know I know I know you like to shit on Brock Purdy and my, and I can't really say like the 49ers. I don't shit don't, on the 49ers, but but you shit on Brock Purdy. Yeah, because he deserves it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna backlash and shit on your team. I mean, my team's looking pretty good, though, huh? Yeah, it, it does. No one expected us to be 2-2. Two two. You guys look impressive. Look explosive. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Richardson looks like a guy. Looks like a guy. Him and TJ Stroud both. We're going we're gonna to get to that, actually, right here coming up. So we are going to be talking about the best rookies through the first four weeks, the first really quarter, even though they added an extra game, the first quarter of the year. But first, let's talk about some uh, some players of the month for the month of September. AFC Offensive Player of the Month, Tua Tungavailoa. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. He's he's been very good. AFC Defensive Player of the Month. Not a surprise here. Any also T.J. Watt. Not, not surprising. Not surprising. AFC Special Teams Player of the Month, Tyler Bass. Hmm. Okay. Good kicker. Got to show the kicker some love. Remember. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the NFC. NFC Offensive Player of the Month for September, Christian McCaffrey. Beast. He had an incredible month, and he started off October really nicely as well. Then, yeah, because they play it Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. He started October off very nicely as well. Um, The NFC Defensive Player of the Month, Micah Parsons, deserved. Yeah. Deserved. You talked about the whole month. Yeah. The whole month played very well. Obviously, the the game against the Cardinals. I'm going to forget about that one. But he still played individually pretty good that game. And then, NFC Special Teams Player of the Month, Jake Camarda, the punter from the Buccaneers. Hmm. I think he's on the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. He won won a Player of the Week. We talked about him, and you said you never heard of him before. Remember the name. 
Jake Camarda. I probably still forget. Oh, you're not. You're gonna remember Jake Camarda. And we also have the rookies of the month for September. Offensive rookie of the month, CJ Stroud. Not surprising at all. It was between him and Anthony. <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Or Bijan. Yep, yep. Yeah, CJ Stroud played very well in September. Uh, played very well starting in October as well. So he looks very impressive. Uh, defensive player of the month, Christian Gonzalez. We talked about him a lot last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deserved there as well. Now, I do have a whole list here of rookies. The best, Like I said, the best through the first four weeks, the first quarter of the year. But before I go through the list and go through some stats, who has been your favorite rookie personally this year so far? CJ Stroud <clears throat> has been my favorite to watch. Um, B. John, too, obviously. Anthony Richardson. But um, oh, Jalen Carter. I feel like he's my I like it's like I, I when I watched the Eagles game the other night just to watch like a rookie, you know, a rookie defensive lineman make an impact in a game, it's honestly like it's rare. Because usually like it's a couple years and then they have their turn, you know, to make an impact in a game because how like the trenches are, you know, and everything like that. He's making an impact his first year through the trenches. And he's right next to Fletcher Cox, and um, right next, and also um, Brandon Graham. So, I I I I feel like Jalen Carter uh, is my is my favorite. No, all very solid, all on my list. So let's start off here. We're gonna start with the quarterback position. Now I got a, a question for you. There's only been six players in the history of the NFL to average 300 pass yards and zero and have zero interceptions through their first four games in a season. Do you know who they are? The first four? They're six. Or six? Their first four games, 300 yards, zero interceptions per game. Hmm. Is CJ Stroud one of them? He is the sixth player. Um. <clears throat> let's see... I'll give you a hint. They're all very prominent names. Andrew Luck. Nope. Hmm. Um. Russell Wilson. Nope. Hmm. Think more prominent. Tua. No, not prominent now. Prominent in history. Oh. Uh. Tom. Tom Brady. Tom Brady did it twice. Uh. And Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was the first person to ever do it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was the most recent before C.J. Stroud. That's that's four, so two more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I give up. I give up the last two. Patrick Mahomes did it 2018-2019, back-to-back years. Okay. And Drew Brees, 2018. Drew Brees, okay. So Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, C.J. Stroud. That's a hell of a list to be on. It is. A great list. Now, can you tell me the only quarterback in the history of the NFL in the Super Bowl era 
with a rushing, rushing touchdown in each of his first three games. Because this person missed one game of their year so far. Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, only quarterback in the Super Bowl era to have a rushing touchdown in each of his first three games. Now, through the first three starts, all right, I have some stats here. It's going to get a little complicated, I think. Peyton Manning, rookie year at the Colts. Passer rating was 49. Completion percentage, 54.8. Yards, he did have 683 yards. Pretty impressive. Passing touchdowns, two. Interceptions, eight. Rushing yards, 26 for Peyton Manning. Record was 0-3. Andrew Luck, his first three games, his rookie year with the Colts. 75.4 rating. 53.3% completion percentage. 846 passing yards. Very good. Five touchdowns to four picks. 80 rushing yards. Zero rushing touchdowns. And a record of 1-2. and two. Now we're going to go away from Colts quarterbacks real quick. Josh Allen. A man who has been using this comparison for the guy I'm about to praise here. Passer rating for his first three games of his rookie year. 65.2. Completion percentage was 55.7. Yards, 592. Two passing touchdowns, four interceptions, 90 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, record of one and two. Now it's the man of the hour, Anthony Richardson. He has the best passer rating out of all of them. 79.6 through his first three games of his NFL career. He has the best completion percentage out of all of them. 57.9%. Now... Yards, he does, he has the least amount of passing yards, 479, and he, he is second in passing touchdowns with three, only behind Andrew Luck. He only has one interception. All the other ones have had at least four. Peyton Manning had eight. Rushing yards, 131 rushing yards through his first three games and four rushing touchdowns, record of one and two. Anthony Richardson is the best in each key stat except for passing yards and passing touchdowns. But passing touchdowns, he's only behind Andrew Luck. How do you feel about that? I don't really feel much. I'm not a Colts fan or... No, but how do you feel about hearing that? <laughs> I mean, it's promising. I like that. I like the, you, you like to hear that from a young guy. It's pr- very promising. You know, you, you hope to see he, if he like, you know, finishes, finishes out like that. Now, the next question I have for you is, who do you think the top four quarterbacks are against with the highest passer rating versus man coverage? Top four right now? Top four this year. And man? Versus man coverage, best passer rating. You have four, you have four guesses, one for each slot. Mm, Mahomes. Mahomes is not on there. Uh, CJ Stroud? CJ Stroud is on there. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not on there. Tua. Tua is not on there. Number four, Josh Allen, 125.9 passer rating versus man coverage. Number three is Kirk Cousins, 127.1 passer rating versus man coverage. Number two, Anthony Richardson, 135.4 passer rating versus man coverage. Number one, CJ Stroud with 139.4 passer rating versus man coverage. So the best two quarterbacks this year through four games against man coverage. See, so you're Anthony Richardson. 
That's nice. I mean, that's very promising. That like, is. Like, the, like, rookies, that's actually... I don't even... That has never happened before. No, I don't think so. I mean, the, this is the only time I can think where two rookie quarterbacks has come in and just been, you know, right off the right off the gate really good since Andrew Luck and RG3. I mean, I don't even think they had that, like, you know... They didn't have this good of a start. No, they didn't. But, like, throughout the whole year, they both very good we have to see how it how it you know measures up but then there's a after facing the colts this past week matthew stafford said quote holy shit the sky's the limit when talking about anthony richardson so yeah anthony richardson and cj stroud are on my list of the best rookies through uh four weeks of the nfl you know we don't have to talk about anyone who's not on the list but you know how do you how do you take this seeing that two quarterbacks that were passed on at number one doing this and not just this but you know rookie quarterbacks don't do this like this well at the beginning Trevor Lawrence struggled CJ Stroud's making it look easy Anthony Richardson he's had his his moments where he struggled but he's making it look easy too I I like coming in the draft. I didn't. I I I don't never really was like high on Bryce Bryce Young really. No, I mean, I I you know I wasn't. You know I had CJ Stroud over him. Yeah. In the rankings, and I like the upside of Anthony Richardson. But you know I bought into what everyone said about Richardson pre-draft. Everyone said he's not accurate. He you know he needs more time. Needs more time. Needs more time. But from what I've been seeing. He is accurate. He throws the ball on a rope, and not just on a rope, but fast. He has a strong arm. And on top of the athleticism and the ability to like rush and get rushing touchdowns, oh, my. Oh, my. You just love sucking his dick. <laughs> well, I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm not over here calling him a top three quarterback. Like somebody did about Brock Purdy. Hey, the Brock Purdy's top three. All right, let's move on to the running back portion of the rookies that deserve some love. Devon A-Chain. He's currently averaging the most yards per carry in the entire NFL with 11.4 yards per carry. Every single time he carries the ball, he's averaging a first down and more. He has more total touchdowns than any running back taken in the draft before him. He has the six most rushing yards in the league, despite missing what was it two, two games? Yeah, two games. Two games. And he's also the fastest player recorded yet this this season at twenty one point nine three miles per hour. Faster than Tyreek. Faster than Tyreek. Five running backs were taken ahead of him, and he has played the best. But that statistics wise as well, you know, you can have your own opinion. Obviously, we've been talking about Bijan Robinson. He has more rushing yards this year than Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. More receptions than Christian McCaffrey and DeAndre Swift with 19. More runs of 10-plus yards than every running back except for Christian McCaffrey. He has 11 of 10-plus. And many people thought he could be the next Marshall Falk leading into the draft. And looks like it's working out for him right now. Mm -hmm. Now, those are my only two running backs I have on here so far. Um, we've seen flashes from other guys like Jameer Gibbs, you know, show him some love. But in terms of 
you know, being on the list, you got to be the next level good. And those two, they've been next level good. They have, especially uh, Devon, Devon, uh, uh, a, uh, a chain. No, it's not a chain. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, they corrected it. It's, no, Devon a chain. It, it's to, it, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's like a chain. A chain. It's a chain. Anyway. Because like I was watching Red Zone and like the, literally the guy guy was like guy was like was like oh the Devon Devon Atchin, uh corrected me uh, corrected us because we were saying his name wrong the whole entire uh, the whole entire uh, uh, week last week it's actually Devon uh, Atchin or something like that it's not A Chain it's not I'll look into it no you know literally like it's not, I promise I'll, you I'll look into it let's continue <laughs> it's Atchin okay what are your thoughts on the fucking running backs. <laughs> They're they're phenomenal. Gosh. All right, moving on then, I guess. Wide receivers. He doesn't like to get corrected, I guess. No, I just tried to move on multiple times, and he just kept bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. Yes, sir. Wide receivers. Puganakua is currently outpacing the two best receiving yard seasons in NFL history through his first four games. In 2012... Calvin Johnson, to his first four games, had 423 yards. Monster year for a monster receiver. In 2021, Cooper Cup had 431 yards to his first four games. Obviously, the triple crown winner. He led the league in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. And this year, Puka Nakua, through his first four games, has 501 receiving yards. Now, do you know what all those wide receivers had in common? Matthew Stafford. They all had Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. And I said it, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, whenever we did our podcast, I said Matt Stafford produces elite quarterbacks. And I'll just leave it at that. I was cooking. Wide receivers. All right, elite wide receivers, my bad. I was cooking this up. I was cooking it up. I said, I'll leave it at that. I was cooking. That's a callback. Moving on. Tank Dell, 69th overall pick. Nice. 267 receiving yards. That's 20th in the NFL. Zay Flowers, the 22nd overall pick. 244 receiving yards. 28th in the NFL. Marvin Mims for the Denver Broncos. Remember that team? The team that got 70 scored on him? He has uh, 242 receiving yards. And he was a 63rd pick in the NFL draft. And then Michael Wilson, 237 receiving yards. Only one wide receiver that was drafted in the first round has over 200 yards this year, and that was Zay Flowers. Nobody, no other wide receiver has done it. Any thoughts on the wide receivers? To be honest, besides Zay Flowers, I haven't really heard of much wide receivers rookie wise. Puka? I mean, yeah, Puka. Tank Dell? Yeah, I've been hearing a little bit of Tank Dell. Yeah, Marvin Mims and Michael Wilson, they've been sleepers. Mm. Well, Marvin Mims is on the Broncos, so you can't really yeah. say anything about that. Well, I mean, if you don't have much to comment on, I'm sure you have even less to comment on on the next one. The offensive lineman. Oh, a lot. A lot less to comment. <laughs> so the only rookie offensive lineman to play at least 100 snaps and not allow a sack this year, Dewan Jones. He was the 111th overall pick in the draft. He has played 154 pass-blocking snaps. Zero sacks allowed. Osiris Torrance, the 59th overall pick, has played 161 pass-blocking snaps. No sacks allowed. Jarrett Patterson, the 201st overall pick, has played 182 pass-blocking snaps. 
with zero sacks allowed. Every offensive lineman taken in the first round has either given up a sack or hasn't played 100 pass-blocking snaps yet. What are your thoughts on that? Sleepers. That's that's what I'm hearing. They're sleepers. I'll tell you what. Dewan Jones should have been picked higher. Jared Patterson should have been picked higher. They slipped. Don't know why. I wasn't really following too closely at that point. But Osiris Torrance was my number one interior offensive lineman on the on my board. He was 59th overall pick. People just don't value interior offensive line in the draft. So he he was a steal. Very very good. Now this, I know you're you're excited about this one. The top rookie pass rushers through four weeks. Mm-hmm. You're a big defensive guy. Love that D. Yes, sir. Brian Bercia, number five. He was a 29th overall pick. He has 10 pressures, six hurries, a sack and a half, and two QB hits. He's having a monster year. Number four. You want to try and say this guy's name. Tuli Tuipilotu. Tui Tui Pelotu. Oh, not too bad. 54th overall pick. He has 14 pressures, 6 hurries, 2 sacks, and 3 QB hits. Number 3, Will Anderson. 3rd overall pick, of course. Texas traded back up after the pick CJ Stroud. Go up and get him. 13 pressures, 8 hurries, 1 sack, and 4 QB hits. Byron Young, the 77th overall pick. Number 2 on the list. 16 pressures, 8 hurries, 2 sacks, 5 QB hits. Number one, who you got? Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, the ninth overall pick, 20 <clears throat> pressures, 16 hurries, one and a half sacks, two QB hits, and two forced fumbles. Those are the top five pass rushers so far through the first four weeks of rookies. And one of the fumbles he uh, he caused, it was a rush, and the, the running back or whatever went up like five yards, and he made the play behind, from behind. Hey, he's having a good year. Um, you know, obviously falling to number nine, that sucks. But falling to the Eagles is probably a very good situation. Yeah, I was about to say, that was like the best situation for him. I mean, maybe if he's on a, a bad team, he'd be having better stats. That's true. Have to compete. That's true. Never know. Imagine, imagine when the commanders would chase Young. Mm. That would be nasty. Mm. Now, my final players I have here, I have five players. Defensive backs. Got to show them some love. The back end of the defense. Number five, Brian Branch, the 45th overall pick. 21 targets, 14 receptions allowed for 106 yards. Very good. Three pass breakups. A one interception and a 90.6 passer rating allowed one targeting him. Christian Gonzalez is at number four. You might be surprised that but he's at number four. 24 targets, 16 receptions allowed for 157 yards. Two pass breakups, one interception, and a 67.5 passer rating allowed one targeting him. Number three, the fifth overall pick, Devin Witherspoon. 22 targets, 11 receptions allowed, 114 yards, 3 pass breakups, 1 interception, 61.6 pass rating allowed. Devin Witherspoon, you heard a lot about him? Uh, Yeah, I have. Huh? Um, I, I I actually been here. Like, I, what team does he play for? Seahawks. Seahawks. Had oh, a, had a Dev- breakout game on Monday. Yeah, I was about to say, that's, that's why I heard, yeah. 
Number two on the list, DJ Turner, 60th overall pick. Eight targets, one reception allowed for four yards, 39.6 passer rating allowed. Only he's been targeted when he's been in coverage eight times. Really? Through yeah. four weeks? That's not bad Through for Through four rookie. weeks. You know what's even better, though? Yeah. Through four weeks, only being targeted six times and allowing one reception for 12 yards from Joey Porter Jr. Deuce. I forgot about that guy. 39.6 passer rating allowed when targeting him. Joey Porter Jr. is a guy. And he's in a situation in Steelers defense. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers, they're going to be playing a lot of defense. So, yeah. So, any comments? Final comments on the rookies. Obviously, you got to show the rookies some love. I'm I'm planning on doing uh, a look around the league every four weeks. You know, week four, week eight, week 12, and... Probably not week 16, week 18. We'll mm-hmm. see, finish up with the rookies. But, you know, every four weeks, just having a little bit of a peak with the rookies. See how they're doing. Okay. How how you feeling about my list, though? I, I love your list. Uh, I, I feel like you hit it now, now, like nailed it. You know, came in with the stats and everything. Yeah, a lot of stats. A lot of stats. <laughs> yeah. A lot of time. <laughs> Too much time. Well... This didn't take me any time at all. I just Googled it as I was talking, and I got the Players of the Week because I forgot to write them down. So, are you ready for the Players of the Week for Week 4? Yes. The AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Mr. Josh Allen. The NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Not surprised. He Yeah, he's very good. The AFC Defensive Player of the Week, this came, kind of came out of nowhere during the game. Khalil Mack against his former team, the Raiders. He had six sacks. What? Six sacks in one game. He was tied for last with zero sacks on the year. Comes in against the Raiders, six sacks. He's tied for first. Very deserving. NFC Defensive Player of the Year, a guy we just talked about. Devin Witherspoon against the New York Giants. He had two sacks and a pick six in that game. So, he's only the second NFL corner to ever do that, by the way. Other one to do it is Captain Moonerly in 2013 with the Carolina Panthers. AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Brandon McManus. Kicker from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, kicker Jake Elliott for the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, 54-yard game winner against the Commanders in a tough game. Very, very good week. So give us the breakdown of all the players of the week. What are your thoughts? All that I did not stuff. know about Khalil Mack getting six sacks. You didn't know about that? Mm-mm. Well, you're welcome. And I'm surprised Stephon Diggs didn't get Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, but Josh Allen was the one throwing it. I get that, but also like th- uh, receiver getting three touchdowns. Oh, I think he, I think he, definitely was in conversation to get it. But, but any time you have like a quarterback and a receiver or a running back that you know catches a lot of passes or whatever, it's usually going to go to the quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, like in this in this situation, I would have gave it to Stephon Diggs only because like I mean, Josh <laughs> Allen has a better chance of winning Offensive Player of the Week later on. Compared to Stephon Diggs, 
but it is what it is. I I just think that three touchdowns for a receiver, and he actually had a monster game. I just feel like he should have won Offensive Player of the Week. That's just my take because, I mean, yeah. Well, I think that's a fair take. That's a fair take. I mean, it's not like it's, it's not like every week you see a wide receiver getting three touchdowns in a game. I mean, it's, it's it, like I don't even think JJ has three touchdowns in a game, and they they consider him being the best receiver in the league. I don't. I mean, opinions. Yeah, you know who my number one receiver in the league is. Stephon Diggs. The same guy you just been talking about. Same guy on my fantasy team. That's gonna beat your fantasy team this week. You're talking all this shit. I'm gonna laugh when you lose. Not gonna lose. You know why? Because hmm. I got Debo Samuel playing in this week. Okay. He did nothing last week. Point six points. Yeah. This week though, they're facing the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna be able to run it down their throat with Christian McCaffrey. They're gonna be able to just focus on Brandon Ayuk. Debo's gonna get his, and Debo is gonna beat you by himself. And you're going to feel the pain as a 49ers fan. Dude, I literally, I'm about to take a snippet of this, like, make a TikTok after I whoop your ass in fantasy. And post, like, dude, it's about to be embarrassing. It's going to be embarrassing for you. Because you're going to take a snippet of me saying this and then be becoming right. You know, just like our predictions. Yep. You know what another record is? What is it? 3-0. Congratulations. I won three times. We've only done three predictions. Mm-hmm. And I've done it. Before we get to our predictions for week five, we obviously have some injuries. Very sad part. We gotta bring in a doctor. This man does not have a PhD in anything. I don't even think he's ever been to college, but he knows what he's talking about. Time to bring in our resident doctor, Dr. Spark. Dude, I cannot wait for next week because when I whoop your ass in fantasy, all this shit talk is just gonna fizzle out. But with this, with the injuries this week, you got Justin Herbert with a broken finger. You talked about it earlier. Uh, there was a pass that you said that it was like to seal the game, and he threw it with a broken finger. It was the middle finger, you said, and it was absolute dart. You said, yeah. The, uh, you want to explain? Well, I just want to explain this. I did not say it on the podcast. I said it earlier today. Yes, when we were having a discussion when he wouldn't leave me alone. Um. But yeah, broken middle finger. Still slinging that thing around. Justin Herbert's a different kind of animal. He needs a better head coach. T. Higgins, rib fracture. That I did say on the podcast already. Yes, you did. Uh, Matthew Judon, biceps uh, surgery. Mm. Biceps he's gonna, he's surgery. Gonna, he's going to miss some time. Yeah, he's going to miss um, at least two months is what we've, we've been seeing. And then last but not least, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, we talked about him quite a bit in this podcast. He's going to be out for the season, and the Patrick and the Patriots picked up J.C. Jackson to replace. That's true. They traded the Chargers for J.C. Jackson. We're not really too sure on the picks. We were having a discussion have, earlier. Like I like I have this written down for this. Um, pay, uh, Patriots pick up J.C. Jackson through trade for twenty twenty five sixth and seventh round picks. See, and and what I've seen is the Patriots give the Chargers. A 2024 sixth, but the Patriots get a 2025 seventh back. So we're we're not too clear, and we'll probably figure that it's out. Probably at some 20, point. It's probably 2024 or 2024 six, and then 2025 seventh. Well, That's probably what it is. We'll figure it out. Maybe if I mean they don't really 
put those out for the NFL, like to do the NBA with like the whole breakdown, with yeah. the graphics and everything. Because NBA trades are usually massive. But either way, Patriots get J.C. Jackson. Obviously, very good for them in the past. Went to the Chargers and has not done anything. So, interesting to see. But obviously, hate to see Christian Gonzalez going out as a rookie. Yes. Out for a season. He's been playing very well. I had him on my list. He was on my list there. All right, enough of this. Enough of this. Enough of this, because I've been talking shit this whole entire time. You know what's coming next. I do know what's coming next. Another dub. All right. All right. Hold on. Before we get there, week four predictions. We had 12 and four for myself, nine and seven for Brian. He did it. He did better than he did the first two times, but still three to zero. So as we continue along with our prediction battle, and I have all the winners right here. There's only 14 games this week. So there's no more 8-8, eight and eight, no more 9-7 and seven for you. It's only 7-7. Seven and seven, Or 8-6, eight and, eight and six, potentially. And then you know what it is for me? 14-0. 14-0 this week. Dude, you're getting too confident, dog. Dude, I have three games ahead of you. Or not three games, but like three ahead of you in this. You're, you, dude, you're literally reminding me of the Zoolander meme right now. That's how confident you, I feel like you're, like you're being... You're just jealous. You I wish you had three wins. Dude. You know what? You have a chance. You do have a chance this week. I have some kind of crazy picks out there because I'm up three. And, you know, I've only missed four, two of the times, and two the second time we did it to some crazy teams. I would have never picked the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys or the Texans to beat the Jaguars here this week, though. I got some crazy picks going out there. I'm not going to lie. But let's go ahead and start off here with Thursday night football. The Chicago Bears against the Washington Commanders. I'll go ahead and start off because I usually don't start off. I usually ask you. But since I'm the winner every week, I'll go ahead and start first. I got the Commanders beating the Bears on Thursday. I have the Commanders who also be in the Bears on Thursday with key guys being out with the Bears. Chase Claypool, Eddie Jackson, and Jalen Johnson. All right, so they're missing, what, two safeties and a wide receiver who don't care? A safety corner and a, a wide receiver who don't care. My apologies, my apologies. You got two, you got two out of three, right? We're going on next. Jaguars against the Bills in London. Who do you got? I got the Bills winning this one after last week's performance against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know what I got? I got the Jaguars in London. I told you last week they're going to beat the Falcons in London. You said, uh-uh, I'm going with the Falcons. I was correct. Jaguars in London yet again, back-to-back weeks. I don't care if it's the Bills. I don't care who it is. They're getting a dub. Up next, Saints against the Patriots. I got the Saints going into Foxborough and beating the Patriots. I have the same exact thing. Alvin Kamara, uh, second game coming back. Yep. On my fantasy team, that's going to beat you this week as well. Up next, Titans against the Colts in Indianapolis. Who you got to win there? I got the Titans beating the Colts. Oh. Oh. You think you're funny, huh? Uh, no. Well, I got the Colts beating the Titans, just like it's always been and always will be. Fuck the Titans. Yeah, I think D-Hop's going to be dunking all over your defense. You know what's going to be a dunk, though? The Ravens beating the Steelers this week. 
That's a dunk pick. That's a locked in. Yeah, that's a lock in for me too. Locked in. No way you're missing that one. Panthers and Lions. I feel like the Lions are also a lock on this one too. Uh, well, I have to agree with you. I got the Lions winning. Then we got the Texans against the Falcons. You know what I'm doing. I think you know where I'm going. I'm picking the Texans to win. I'm picking the Texans too. Wow. You've been a Falcons guy this whole time. I know I have, but I had to switch. CJ Stroud's playing lights out. Yeah, I'm going to Texans to win. I, that's a you know, that's crazy that you, you picked them. Wait. I'm not going to Texans to win. I'm going the Falcons. That's all switcheroo on you. Falcons. <laughs> you switched up on the Falcons? I didn't. Falcons going to beat the Texans this week, and that's going to be another win in the win you better, column for You better me. change that. You, you better write that. Oh, it's already written. Okay. That was, I did the all switcheroo on you. That was planned 100% of the time. Oh, bet. You know what else is planned? Huh? The Dolphins beating the Giants this week. That's a lock. Yep. Locked in. Giants are bad. Dolphins aren't. Bengals, Cardinals, who you got? Um, I got the Bengals. This is the Cardinals. Cardinals beating the Bengals this week. That's not an old switcheroo on you. I'm being 100%. I know it's not. I'm, 100%. I'm smiling for a different reason. Cardinals beating the Bengals. Let's talk about the Bengals. They're bad so far. And the Cardinals, they beat the, the fucking Cowboys. They hung in there with the Niners. The Bengals ain't ain't none of them. The Bengals got beat by the Titans 27-3. to I know, but expect a comeback. Well, if it's going to happen, it's not happening this week. Eagles and Rams, who you got there? I got the Eagles. They look really good. See, part of me wanted to go with the Rams. Because I, I think that they, you know, they played very well. Uh, Should have done my research before this and checked the, the update on Cooper Cup. But I didn't. So I'm sticking with the Eagles. Now up next, Jets and Broncos. Broncos obviously come back win last week. Jets, Zach Wilson played very well. Who do you got? I have the Jets beating the Broncos. Zach Wilson getting his, uh, I would say his first good-looking win. Well, I also have the Jets beating the Broncos, and I'm not willing to say Zach Wilson's going to play good again. You know, that would, hopefully he does. But I think that this Jets defense is just going to be too good, and the Jets offense is going to do just enough. Chiefs-Vikings. And this one is a lock. You agree? I think it's a lock. Yes. The Chiefs beating the Vikings. Yes. Oh, yes. And you know you know what's funny? What's up? For the uh, second set of games, I have all away teams winning. Hmm. Chiefs, Jets, Eagles, Bengals. Well, I have all of those teams winning except for the Bengals because the Bengals suck and the Cardinals are going to win. And that's what I was going to say earlier. But I was going to wait till the podcast to say. Okay. Well, um, you know what? I know this is going to be a fun one. So we're going to skip it right now. We'll come back to it. Let's go to Monday Night Football, though. We'll skip Sunday for now. For now, Packers and Raiders. Monday Night Football. Who you got? I got the Raiders. I got the Packers going into Las Vegas and beating them. Oof. Oof. Right for you. Because you're going to lose again after the Packers and the Falcons and the Cardinals all get the dub. And the Colts, too. You're fucking sleeping on them. And I bet you picked the Cowboys. Well, Sunday Night Football. Game of the week. The Cowboys looked good last week. But the Niners looked look good for the past four weeks. Who do you got? 
already said it earlier. Yeah, who do you got? I got the Niners. And the 49ers beating the Cowboys, huh? Yep. 49ers, huh? Okay. Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Month. And Offensive Player of the Week. Michael Parsons was uh, Defensive Player of the Month. Dak Prescott, you know. Yeah. Dak Prescott, right? They just beat up on the Patriots last week. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the Cardinals game happened after they lost Trayvon Diggs. Very emotional, very heartbroken. They weren't themselves. The first two weeks, I mean, outscoring both New York teams 70-10, to adding the Patriots game, all their wins, 108-13. to That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That's very good absurd. stats. Very good stats. For Sunday Night Football, though, my 14-0 prediction for this week, 49ers at home against the Cowboys. I have, would you like to give a drum roll? No. Okay. Well, I'll just go into it then, I guess. Cold with no drum roll. I have the Cowboys losing to the 49ers. You see, I was waiting for that. That's the old switcheroo again. Uh, it was expected. Yeah, but the old switcheroo still. My, my face, my face, my facial expression never changed. Yeah, that first switcheroo though, the Falcons. You thought that was you thought that was going with Texans, huh? Yeah, I thought you were. Yeah, well, I told you I had some crazy picks out there. Falcons are going to bounce back this week after losing in London. But obviously we have our we have our predictions done now 14 and 0 for myself, probably 7 and 7 for you. There's only one more thing left to do before we get out of here. And it's our own system of giving out grades, you know, but we don't do the normal system, you know, A's, B's and C's and all that. No, we have our own system. We have the massive W all the way down to the major L, of course, with a normal W and a normal L in between. I'm going to let you start off here. What is your major L for this week? My major L of the week is the Bears letting the Broncos come back. Oh, okay, okay. Well, go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit for us. I, I mean, we touched on it earlier. I mean, it was 28-7, to 7, you know. And literally, they just fumbled, like not like not fumble, actually, like they actually did fumble in the fourth quarter, but they just fumbled it all, like three possession lead, not even getting three points. You know, it was a really terrible weekend to be a Chicago Bears fan, and I feel bad for anyone who's a Bears fan, but I don't at the same time because you guys talk shit constantly about the year you guys lost to the Eagles in the playoffs. Old <laughs> <laughs> double doink. Who's your major L? My major L this week is Mr. Daniel Jones. Oof. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, why? I know Daniel Jones didn't play good, but he was sacked 11 times. Exactly. And out of those 11 times, probably around six of those times, the sacks were allowed because Daniel Jones was holding on to the football for too damn long. And he wasn't making a decision. He wasn't getting out of the pocket to extend a play. He wasn't doing none of that. Daniel Jones was terrible against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, obviously, I love the Seahawks. 
love Geno Smith. Geno Smith's my guy. You know, they wrote, wrote me off, but I didn't write back, though. Just like you are in fantasy for me. Wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. But Daniel Jones did not look very good against him. You lost him. last week in fantasy. Yeah. Blame Debo. All right? Of course the 49ers player loses it for me. Good. But this week he's going to win it for me. Against you. Mm-mm. But you know who didn't win last week? Couldn't do anything. Not just Debo Samuel. But Daniel Jones. My major L. Alrighty. What's your L, then? Well, I touched on it a little bit earlier, and we're coming back to it, that my L for this week is the NFL overtime rules. Now, of course, they, they made the uh, the change for the overtime rules in the playoffs where each team, no matter what, gets a chance to hold possession of the football. But in the normal, regular season, it's still the old stupid bum rules where the first team, if they get the ball and they score a touchdown, then it's over. And after the Colts and Anthony Richardson played their ass off and they fought all the way back from down 23, they didn't even get a chance to possess the ball in overtime. So that's my L. Not just as a Colts fan, but as a football fan. If that happened for any other game, I would be just as upset. So, L for the NFL overtime rules. My L is the Toy Story game. No! Yes. Come on! It was... Are the first five minutes of the game not even they were having technical difficulties already? Um, it just seemed like I, I don't know if I was just expecting more out of it or it like, but it just it, like I turned it off within t- first 10 15 minutes and just turned on the actual broadcast because, yeah. But did you see the side by side though with the Trevor Lawrence play with the run out of bounds? It was almost identical. Little toy Trevor Lawrence running. Did a little, they even got a little, my, did a little my, skip and my, jump. He got in my, there. My, my, I think I think my like favorite moment of the Toy Story game was the B. John Robinson uh, juke. I didn't see that Toy Story clip. Yo, dude, that one was sick. Interesting, interesting. And my W, the dub, is CMC. Oh, Homer. I mean, I could, I could have, I could have made that my major W, but I don't want to be too biased. Well, that's not major W; it's massive W. Massive. I'm sorry. Yes, I could have made it my massive W, but you know, I don't want to be too biased because that would have been biased by me. I feel like. Okay. But you know, having four touchdowns in a game, sick, and three of them rushing. Yeah, very good game. Very good game. Deserving of a W. You know who else is deserving of a W? Huh? Zach Wilson. Okay. I think, you know what? You look at Zach Wilson from last year, there was a press conference that he had where he was asked if he thought he let the defense down because the offense couldn't score. He said, absolutely not. This week, against the Chiefs, that fumble, he go into the press conference, he said, that loss is on me. I got to be better. I got to protect the football better. That's maturity. Zach Wilson is maturing. He's playing very well. He was very accurate in that game against the Chiefs. Zach Wilson has a W this week, and I never thought I'd see the day where Zach Wilson got a W. Now, obviously, hasn't got a W yet on the football field, but that changes this week, of course. My 14-0 predictions, I have the Jets winning. So, shout-out to Zach Wilson for having having a W week. Hey, next week if he plays good again, and gets and gets an actual W, 
Maybe that's a massive W. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Just depends. This Gotta has been. See. This depends see. on what goes on around the league. Let's see what happens. Hey, and shout out to Justin Fields. This week you could have had a W this week as well, but you know you blew it. Yep. So our massive W. I think there's only one logical answer here. Do you want to just say it together? Go for it. All right, from three, in the countdown. All right, and we'll say it. Okay. Three, two, one. The, the Bills. Bills. Taking out the Miami Dolphins. The Buffalo The number Bills. one, the quote, number one Miami Dolphins. Yeah, the 70-point Miami Dolphins just the week before. Yep. Only allowed 20 by that Bills defense. And Bills scored 48 on them, 48 to 20. Yep. We almost they made saw, it look easy. We almost saw the reverse. 70-20 Dolphins-Broncos. Almost saw the reverse was 48-20. And the Dolphins looked human again. Yeah, it was humbling for them. And for Tua even said it. He said it was humbling experience. And now, of course, we have to deal with everyone in the media talking about superhuman Josh Allen, which he's very good, though. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hate on Josh Allen. But I always feel like this happens with the NFL. You see one week someone does really good and they're the best. Then the next week they just do okay and they're the worst. You know, and it happens a lot with guys like, you know, Zach Wilson, for example. Even Justin though, Ritter. He, no. Hold on a second. Zach Wilson, it might just be the New York people, and Daniel Jones, too. I have him as my major L. But if they do really good, we're like, hey, they did really good. But then they, they do really, or they do bad, not even really bad, and we're, and we're like, this guy fucking stinks. Get him off the field. You know, that stuff. Yeah, Dak. I mean... Yeah, Dak the same way. Oh, like basically the whole Cowboys. Like even when they lost to the Cardinals, people were you know, Cowboys suck. Cowboys aren't going anywhere. It's fucking Cowboys. Blah blah blah. Cowboys are still a good team. They're still gonna have a tough game against the 49ers. But my 14 no predictions, they're still gonna lose. But yeah, I mean, that always happens with quarterbacks. I agree. I I solemnly agree. Like every quarterback, I has uh like has had slander. I feel like except for Mahomes, really. I I will say this. No, he has he's had his fair share, but not by a lot of people. It's just like the the share the, the fair share of his is if he doesn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I will say this though, with Daniel Jones, he's not on a rookie contract anymore, so he deserves the major L. He deserves the criticism because he's getting paid. The fourth highest paid player in the NFL this year. Fourth highest paid player in the NFL this year. Daniel Jones. Can you believe that? I can. Why? Because he's, he's great. Oh, okay. Well, with, with that being said, it's time to obviously get off of here because you can't continue to think at 106 a.m. <laughs> so for everyone listening out there, Thank you. Subscribe to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, at Sparkcast Media or Sparkcast M on one of them. I'm not sure which one. I'll have to do my research on that one. Wherever you listen to us, whether it be Apple or Spotify or Amazon or any of those lovely, you know, podcast sites, leave us a five star review. Tell your friends. You know, tell your mom. Moms love us. All the moms. All the moms love us. 
yeah, just thank you for, for listening. Of course, the weekly tradition will hopefully get something good this week. Brian, send us off. I have to pee. <laughs> send us off. I have to pee. Are you going to actually say something good? That's it. Last week, you tried to say the fucking sexy red thing. All right. Um, do you like gats? Like gat. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>